Why is no one talking about election fraud? Mr. Reagan. Now, everybody was expecting a red wave. There was no red wave. In Pennsylvania, the Democrat who won in the Senate race was clearly brain damaged. And another Democrat candidate at the state level got elected despite the fact that he was dead. But strangely, few people are talking much about voter fraud in the 2022 midterm elections. After the 2020 election, there was a lot of talk about election fraud. It just didn't seem possible that Joe Biden, the basement-dwelling dementia patient, could have gotten the most votes in American history. Even more implausible, he beat Donald Trump, a guy who inspired armadas of boats to gather in support of him. But in 2022, not a lot of talk about election fraud. There are whispers Arizona's election managers have been unimaginably incompetent, so much so that it almost seems intentional. And then, of course, the Democrat candidate in the gubernatorial race also happens to be involved in overseeing the election process that she's taking part in, which seems mildly suspicious. So what's the deal? Why so little talk of election fraud this time around. Now, clearly, there was some fraud. It happens every election cycle. Democrats say it's isolated to a few rogue agents here and there, not enough to flip entire Senate seats, certainly not enough to flip an entire presidential election. On the other hand, Trump supporters are convinced that fraud saturates the entire process. Are Democrats right? Are Trump supporters right? Is the truth somewhere in the middle? I'll explain what I think's going on in one moment. First, I have to sell you something. So is investing in silver today a good idea? Colin Plume from our friends at Noble Gold thinks so. On the national desk, he explained that there had been a huge sell-off of silver because of its low price right now. But silver is the most useful industrial metal out there, and demand is soaring for electronics in electric cars and solar panel circuits as the green agenda speeds up. And as industries pick up after the pandemic supply chain issues, the trend down should reverse quickly, and silver will rocket. Don't miss this. Give the team at Noble Gold a call and join thousands of others who have taken advantage of this blip in the market. They'll guide you through the process and make it easy for you. And this month, you will get this stunning three-ounce silver American Virtue Coin with a qualified IRA of $20,000 or higher. They, they actually sent me one of these, and it is amazing. It's very, very heavy, but a very beautiful coin. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold. It's the safest place to put your money right now. Call the team at 877-646-5347 and find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. So, do I think fraud took place in the 2022 midterm elections? Yes. Do I think that there was enough fraud to switch some of the Senate seats? Yes. But I don't think that fraud is actually the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is now the election process itself. For any amount of fraud to affect a victory for a candidate, there must be a baseline of support. There are some who will say that, well, it doesn't really matter how much support a Democrat has. They can win with just 1% of the vote because they'll just cheat enough until they win. But I don't actually think that's true. I think that election fraud can shift an election maybe 5%, maybe 10% at the most before it becomes obvious that there's fraud and people get caught and, you know, there's potential consequences. But 5%, 10%, these are huge numbers in close elections. I mean, even if it's just... Two or three percent that can still flip a seat. 
even less than 1% in some cases. And so depending upon how much fraud is involved in a particular election, I think that fraud actually can be overcome simply with enough legitimate success on the Republican side. And, you know, I actually think that's why not a lot of people are talking about election fraud in these midterms. Because I think that most people look at the elections and they're thinking about them in the same way that I am here. And I think a lot of people feel that raising the alarm about election fraud doesn't really do anything. And Democrats are so good at demonizing any election skeptics by calling us election deniers, right? Using the word denier as a rhetorical trick to try to associate us with Holocaust deniers. They've gotten so good at this kind of demonization that I think a lot of people now think that talking about election fraud is actually more destructive for Republicans than it is helpful. And there's also a kind of nihilism. I think that a lot of people now think, sure, there's fraud, but you know, unless we catch them red-handed and those who can do something about it take action, the fraud is not going away. It's just part of elections now. So why even talk about it? They've come to accept it. It's like we, we now know that there's always going to be some amount of fraud, and so we just need to win by one vote more than the Democrat in every race, plus whatever the fraud is. And I think a lot of Republicans now think that it may just be easier to do that than to actually eliminate all of the fraud. And maybe it is. You need a certain base level of votes for fraud to help. So let's say a Democrat can cheat the vote by 5%. Well, then that Democrat candidate, they've got to at least come within 5% of whatever it is that the Republican gets in order to beat them. If the Republican gets 45% of the vote, then the Democrat needs 41% of the vote. And only then will that 5% then push them over the top. But I think that it's still bewildering that somebody like John Fetterman would get enough baseline votes to win at all. Shouldn't he have lost by like double digits? Now, I do suspect that in the case of Pennsylvania, that particular state has a very robust voter fraud operation. I'm actually considering going into the history of fraud in Pennsylvania in another video, but for now I'm just going to say that I do think that there was fraud in this particular race, and I think John Fetterman did win because of it. But even so, how did Fetterman get the 40% or so that he needed in order to get even close to winning? Well, there are two things that are being touted as the reasons that Democrats did so well. Young people and abortion. Democrats are saying that young people came out to vote in the highest numbers in American history. Maybe that's true. It does make some sense. I mean, the Democrat Party preys on the gullible, the ignorant, the lazy, and the stupid. And young people, well, they may not all be stupid, they may not all be lazy, they may not all be ignorant, they may not all be gullible, but most young people are at least one of those things. They're far more easily tricked than more experienced, wiser folks. They are a perfect target for con artist politicians. And the abortion issue was a serious problem for Republicans, especially after Lindsey Graham foolishly submitted an abortion bill which he knew the Democrats would use as ammunition, as propaganda to say, Republicans are going to strip you of your abortion rights. And so, yeah, we did have a couple of problems that were real problems, a demographic problem and a policy issue problem. But there is a much bigger problem that I think transcends the fraud issue, the demographic issue, and the policy issue. And that is mail-in voting and ballot harvesting. Together, these two parts of our voting process have broken American elections. There are so many ways to manipulate voters who have their ballots in their hands at their homes. Voters can be threatened, intimidated, bribed. Somebody could stand over you, gun to your head, in your kitchen while you fill out your ballot. Obviously, that's an exaggerated example. 
I'm not suggesting that that specifically has happened, but that's what mail-in voting opens the door to. An unscrupulous political party will take every opportunity, legal or illegal, to fortify an election in their favor. And Democrats always insist that there was no systemic widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election, and maybe there wasn't. But you know, you don't need an organized system. You don't need any one fraud technique to be widespread. It's better, actually, to have hundreds of ways to manipulate the vote and use all those techniques just a tiny bit. If you use a number of various techniques in a thousand different places, just a tiny bit, all that adds up to thousands, even millions of altered votes. And the problem is that not all of these manipulations are explicitly forbidden. Some very sketchy forms of persuasion are legal in like a sort of gray area. The coercion of nursing home patients to vote straight Democrat is the best known example of this. Of course, there have been reports of political activists bribing the homeless for votes and other clearly illegal activities. But the truth is that in many districts, Democrats don't need to cheat because they're so good at going around and collecting ballots from uninformed voters that they have tricked or coerced or manipulated in some other legal way. The point is that maybe focusing on voter fraud isn't the best strategy. Maybe going after the voting mechanisms that facilitate shady Democrat practices is a better plan. First, let's say we stop ballot harvesting. That's good. You know what's even better? We stop mail-in voting altogether. That would be fantastic. We need to implement in-person, day-of election voting. Nothing else. And you know what? Let's get rid of the voting machines. Hand-counted ballots. This must be the standard for federal elections. Everything else is vulnerable to shady manipulation. Now, for the record, there was fraud in 2022. I don't know how extensive or what all the techniques were, but we do have several examples that have already been exposed. Andy No reported on an Antifa member in Portland who was openly discussing voter fraud on Twitter. In Joe Kent's House race in Washington state, there were only 9,000 more Republican voters that turned out for the general election than turned out for the primary election. Now, this is unheard of. In previous years, the increase in turnout was about 10 times that. In 2016, there were 123,000 more Republicans that turned out to vote in the general election than turned out for the primary. In 2018, there were 79,000. In 2020, there were 100,000. This year, in the 2020 midterm, there was only 9,000. Only 9,000 more came out into the general election than showed up for the primary. That discrepancy is very strange. It's like a bunch of Republican votes just vanished. In Harris County, Texas, they ran out of paper for a lot of the voting machines at certain polling locations. But here's the weird thing about that. All of the voting locations that ran out of paper for their voting machines, they were all in Republican areas. I spoke to Marissa Hansen about this the other day. She's done a ton of research on this. She's on Twitter, Marissa Hansen. Follow her if you want to know more about this stuff. And Marissa told me that she had spoken with poll workers who told her that they had turned away dozens of voters, over 100 in some locations. Now, did those voters ever get to vote? Who knows? So, yeah, there was voter fraud. But at the end of the day, a lot of Republicans seem to be exhausted trying to ring the alarm bells about voter fraud, and they think that it might be doing more harm than good. And they think that there are better ways to try to start winning elections again. As for me, I say investigate, prosecute, imprison. 
We cannot let voter fraud become just a standard part of the process in America. The fact that we are not all still outraged is, to me, extremely disappointing. But then again, I'm also a pragmatist, so I do want to use whatever strategy is going to be the most effective to defeat the corrupt Democrats moving forward. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Until next time, that is all for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much. That is not so. Good night. What is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny.